find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Buzzards. This is Macy. This is Nicole. And you're listening to Buzz Killers, a proud podcast of the Pod Moth Media Network. That's my girl. Boop, 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 <laughs> boop, boop, boop. I did it. <laughs> and there's my notes. <laughs> Yay! She found them. It's going well. It's going well. <laughs> it's a crop tip. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Last Australia. Last crime down under. Which is weird. I feel like we have not done that many, but we did. Three so far. I know. It doesn't feel like we've done that many. (laughs) And our next topic will be announced next week. I'm so excited. It's going to be really fun, I think. I'm so excited for mine. I haven't started researching any of mine yet. I did. I picked mine, but I haven't started. I did. It's very minimal research, though. I've been, I've been slacking, but tomorrow and the next day are going to be my like, go, go days. Hey, I got to get started because I know I'm going to have a bunch of stuff to watch at least. Oh, I have like five episodes already that I have to watch. So yeah, guys, right. This is going to be information packed. going to be fun. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a lot more fun than my case today. Oh, sorry. Is bummer is he in the corner? Yes. Major bummer. Well, he's he's front and center today. Oh no. I don't like. I don't song. like it. I like read a very brief synopsis of this case in one of those articles that we talked about that we it's always. It's like used. a what? Where the most important crime? Yeah, like Ooh. ten of the top crimes you've never heard about in Australia. And I read like a br- a brief blurb about this one, and I was like, oh, that sounds like an interesting, kind of sad, but like interesting because yeah it was like really big in media and it ended up just being really fucking depressing <gasps> oh. so well, on that note yeah on that note uh how are we softening the blow today macy what are we <laughs> drinking <laughs> well, i gotta get my phone <laughs> uh we are drinking yes way rosé okay so i'm gonna read this exactly as it is written. Okay? Okay. 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 <laughs> the original Rosé that started it all. She's Beauté. She's Grace. She's your namesake Rosé. <laughs> Dry and easy drinking. Yes Way Rosé is a classic provincial, provincial style Rosé from the south of France. A Grenache based blend crafted with grapes from esteemed vineyards that span from the the Clues Mountains, which is in the south of France, in the north to the Mediterranean Sea in the south. This is a qualité rosé <coughs> that doesn't take itself too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and the tasting notes are ripe strawberry, citrus, and stone fruit. <laughs> I read it exactly as it was written. That's amazing. <laughs> With, like, the accents and everything. They put them over every E. So w- that's what we're drinking right now. I have tried this one before. I haven't. So this will be a new mouthfeels for me. Let's see. Let's see. Tis very good. Tis very good. 
Ooh, that's smooth. I like that. Five out of five. Yeah? Yeah. Five out of five. It's smooth. It's not it's not like one of those ones where you take a sip and you're like, Ugh. it's like at like acidic. So acidic or like so dry. Like, you know, that oaky, like you get that oaky taste like immediately in your mouth and you're like, <laughs> this one Ryan's mother gave to me. Um, she introduced me to it a while ago. So this wow. is how you get so drunk off that. <laughs> and Macy has found her juice. <laughs> Guys, if you like our plant, like if you're like, hey, I just want to get like really, really drunk and like have a wine that basically tastes like nothing. It doesn't taste like nothing, but it's just so. So not wine. It's like so. It like is wine, but it's not. Temperate. Yes. Temperate. It's very. It's just. I keep on thinking of things for like medium. It's just like medium bodied. It's not really like. It's not like in your face. There's not any super strong flavors. It's subtle. subtle. That's the word. That is the word that we were looking for. Oh, I love it. It's so subtle. Like you could get fucked. (laughs) I'm going to get fucked. Got to soften the blow for Major Bummer. I was going to say, she's listening today, which means this wine will be gone really fast. (laughs) For her, at least. (laughs) For Um, me. (laughs) Anyway. I would give it a four out of five. So you can nine. Nine out of ten. Yeah. No, I really like this. I know you do. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. I'm just, I have this utter, like, love of the Snoop Dogg Rosé. And whenever I try a new rosé, my brain immediately compares it to that. No, I like that one, too. And that so one got a 10 out of 10, though. I think it that, did. This one yeah. did not get a 10 out of 10. No, like that's that. why I went down to a 4, because I was like, I do like this one. But, like, if I was in a store and I'd pick one, I'm going Snoop. Oh, always. I would always go for the Snoop Dogg first. <laughs> but I think this is really subtle. So, if, like, you're looking to get, like, like... I don't think that the Snoop Dogg one is as subtle. It does have that acidic. It like does. Like, I couldn't, like, down a bottle of this in an hour. Yeah. Or of that in an hour. This I could, like, slurp down real quick and be like, <laughs> <laughs> like. That's what's coming up, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's not. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to not do that. But. <laughs> you could. Oh, okay. And before we get into this, I want to shout out victoria our Fuck yeah wonderful wonderful patron, patron who gave us a gift card to this amazing company yes called eatable, eatable. and they make these gourmet popcorns that guys if you have not heard of this company please look them up we're gonna link that i'll link them in the show notes we we were able to purchase both of their variety packs of the different flavors of popcorn and they are not your standard popcorn they all are like infused with alcohol in some way mm -hmm. there's like there's one that has whiskey there's like a scotch caramel yeah and they have like one has like white chocolate on it one has one was infused with tequila like yeah and it had lemon salt Mm -hmm. victoria if you didn't know that your girl loves some fucking popcorn you do now and i'm so excited (laughs) we were reading the descriptions on this we were like sitting on my couch freaking out we're like this sounds amazing and it shipped already our order shipped and i'm so excited to yeah get, to get it we're waiting oh, for it to come in the mail but yeah check out eatable guys 
and thank you and there was like a bunch of things us yes and there was a bunch of things that you liked about the physical company itself too right like yes um uh they are an environmentally friendly company they do not use plastic in their packaging yes um i'm not going to remember the exact number but it was some i believe it was somewhere around they were like by not using plastic packaging they essentially like kept 70,000 plastic bags out of the ocean. Yeah, something like that. Um something along the lines of that. Um and then they also work with um a food pantry somewhere up in Canada and I'm going to forget where. Um this is all on their website though if you want to read about them and like they, I said I'm going to link it in the show. They notes. donate meals to that food pantry and i think they they donated it was like nearly ten thousand meals in just 2021 like to help to help feed the hungry and and that's amazing so this company it's not only do they make really cool product cool unique product they are but we're gonna try it on the podcast when it gets here so victoria girl i'm sorry thank you (laughs) just thank you just thank you (laughs) Because we're, we're super excited about it. It's going to be amazing. Yes. I'm so, I'm so excited for the tequila one. I really... And you know I don't like tequila, but I that lemon salt got me. I was I like... I know. Mm, I like I, salt. The one that has... <laughs> I, I think it's the champagne one that has the white, the white chocolate, chocolate on it. Yeah. I'm excited. White chocolate. I'm love excited it. for the... It's like the scotch caramel corn or something Yeah, like I that. do. I, I'm a sucker for caramel, too. I love caramel. So I'm... I, I think I'll like them all... But we'll see. One was like a Merlot or like um, a sangria. Yeah, there was a sangria. That's right. And sometimes sangria to me, I'm like, meh. It like <laughs> depends. Because, well, sangria can be made any way. Yeah. And if you do There's it a good way, it's great. But if you so do it in like a options. weird way, it's like. Blah, blah, blah. I need you to try my aunt's sangria. Hi, Auntie Terry. My aunt makes the best sangria. She always did. I wish I knew how. She used to make it for the restaurant and it was always freaking amazing she used to just On like point. whip things together and be like yeah i thought i'd try this and it would be fucking delicious and i was like i wish my brain worked like that <laughs> tyler's does he makes us good cocktails he does make very good cocktails except that one time he tried to make a slushy in my food processor <laughs> and that's said, not what that's for said slushy went everywhere but to the cup basically it was all over the counter it was, it was sticky for days all over the counter terrible <laughs> anyway Nine out of ten <sighs> mouthfeels for this very uh, subtle wine. And yes. um, Nicole, what case has Major Bummer come over for today? I today will be talking about the tragic murder of Anita Cobby. Okay. And before we get started, I will slap a giant trigger warning across this. There are mentions of rape and animal abuse. This is not a B-A-T-W. big ass trigger warning, guys. At this point, if that's not for you, we will see you next episode. I take no offense. This is a heavy one, and it's a senseless one, and it just—it's kind of hard. I didn't expect this to be as heavy as it was, and I came out with eight pages of notes that made me want to cry. <laughs> so, oh, I'm not—I'm not ready. No one can be ready for this one. Oh God. Um. Okay. So, Anita Cobby was born in 1959 to her parents, Grace and Gary Lynch. Um, she had an 
a younger sister. Sorry, I almost said older. She had a younger sister who was five years younger than her, and her name was Catherine. Okay. Um, there's not too, too much about her childhood. It was a relatively normal childhood, happy upbringing. Um, her father was a graphic designer for the Air Force and Grace, her mother, was a nursing assistant. Um, Anita grew up, um, to be a very talented and beautiful woman. Um, she would participate in pageants at a young age, and at the age of 20, she actually won Miss Western Suburbs in 1979. Um, so she was extremely beautiful. People literally said she wanted to, she could have had a career modeling. And there's this one picture, and I think it's half the reason I chose this case, because the picture that they posted, she's outside somewhere, and she's like walking forward, and she's just she just looks striking like she just looks like the person that you would have seen on the street and you like would have stopped and turned just because she was so fucking beautiful right 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 like mm, it hurts my soul um so anita actually grew up to follow in her mother's footsteps and went to school and became a nurse oh um that's nice well she was a nurse she met a fellow nurse and his name was john cobby um, so they, you know, got together. They dated. Um, and eventually they would get married in March of 1982. Okay. Um, they were married for several years when, sorry, there's like a fuzz on my microphone that keeps touching my mouth while I'm talking. Excuse me. Christmas. That was weird. I was like, I was tickling my lips. And <laughs> 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 not in the fun way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I might make you cut that out. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Like, it's where like my voice like jumped really, really high. So I'll know where it is. <laughs> Come back to me at the end. <laughs> um, so they got married. And after a couple of years, John actually ended up winning a lot of money on a horse race. He won about $10,000. Cool. And they actually took this money and they decided that they were going to take a break from work and they were going to go tour Europe. Okay. And so for a couple of years, they basically just like hopped all over Europe. Um, but by 1985, John was kind of tired. He wanted to go back to Australia and settle down and start a family. Um, but at this point, Anita, she kind of wanted to keep traveling. She had previously had a miscarriage and was a little bit fearful of trying to get pregnant again. Um, so this kind of started a riff in their marriage, and when they eventually did get back to Australia, they kind of just fell apart, unfortunately. Oh, um, sad. By December of 1985, they had split up. They were never formally divorced, and they did keep in touch as friends. Um, Anita ended up moving home with her parents and just basically throwing herself into her career. Okay. Um, they stayed in contact, but nothing ever happened again oh um okay so yeah and now i'm gonna get to the sad Aww. so sunday february 2nd of 1986 anita who was 25 years old at the time had gotten up early to go to work for her 7 a.m shift at sydney hospital um she worked her 7 a.m to 3 p.m shift like usual um, and she had made plans with two of her co-workers and her close friends 
um, that after work, they were all going to go get dressed up and they were going to go have a girls night, go out to dinner. Okay. Um, so they all left work together. Um, her and her two friends, Lynn Bradshaw and Elaine Bray. They got ready together, changed out of their scrubs, got all dressed up, and they headed to a local Lebanese restaurant called Redfern. Okay. Um, they had a really fun dinner, nothing out of the usual, um, and they parted ways pretty early. It was around 8, 8.30 p.m. Okay. Um, Elaine had actually offered for Anita to stay the night with her nearby, but Anita said, you know, I, I don't have to go into work till 1.30 tomorrow. I kind of want to get home so I can just sleep in and relax. I, I want my, I want to go home. Right. So, um, Elaine parted ways with the girls and Lynn actually drove Anita to the train station so she could catch the train back to her, hel- her home. Okay. Um, um, sorry, I just lost my place. Anita said goodbye to her friend said i will see you tomorrow closed the door and headed for the train and that was the last thing that she ever said to her friend um you're good sorry okay (laughs) sorry you got really quiet so i was like are you okay (laughs) no you're good you're good um so anita boarded um the 8 45 p.m train uh, and rode it towards her home stop, which was in Blacktown. Okay. Um, and she would arrive um, in Blacktown about an hour later at 9.45 p.m. Okay. Unfortunately, it is in Blacktown that she would come face-to-face with five monsters. Five. And I refuse to call them anything but monsters. Oh, man. <sighs> These men, aka monsters, all had long lists of criminal history. Um, they were known abusers, known homophobes. They were not nice people. Um, they all resided in the town that was next to Blacktown called Duneside. Okay. And... That night, they had all been hanging out, drinking, playing pool at a local bar. This group consisted of John Travers. And now, the ages I'm going to give you are kind of their age. Every article was like a year different. Okay. Okay. So, I kind of just picked the middle ground. (laughs) I saw three articles that said this and two that said this. And it was like, this happened over the course of like a year or two. So, I couldn't tell if this was, if it was like their age when they were caught. Like when this happened or when this happened. So, I kind of just picked the middle ground and was like, this is approximately their age. Okay. Got it. Got it. So, John Travers was approximately 19 years old. He was kind of considered like the ringleader of this friend group. Um, he had a history of drug abuse, violent assaults, cruelty to animals, and a weird fascination with, like, public sexual encounters and sexual encounters with animals. What? Okay. What? Yes. It is said that he would do things to, like, sheep and goats and nasty things and i am not going to describe it you all have imaginations i'm not i like was reading about this and i was like oh, 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 oh. 
I just like started gagging. I was like, nope, nope. You can just look it up on the internet if you want to know that bad. (laughs) If you really want to know that bad, please. If your imagination can't take you that far, um, it's. If you've ever seen that episode of Black Mirror, I have not. I don't know what you're talking about. There's a Black Mirror episode where he has sex with a pig. Oh, that's disturbing. And that is why I don't watch Black Mirror. I watched that one episode. It was the very first episode of the very first season, and I refused to watch it ever again. That is very bizarre. Yeah, okay. Yep, that's about it. Uh, Go watch that episode if you really want to know what I'm talking about. And, yeah. No. Sorry, I needed to step a little bit. I started sliding my seat here. Um, So, yeah, he was a nasty human being. Yuck. Um, At this time... Um, and I only saw this in one source, but I felt it important to mention. It never came up again later, and I'm honestly curious as if there's more to the story and if anything ever came of it. But it said that at this time, he was actually wanted out in Western Australia for raping a teenage boy and injuring him so badly he ended up in the hospital. What? Yeah, yeah that's important to mention. Yes. I, I would agree. And... He had a single teardrop tattoo under his left eye. That makes me mad because that makes me think of Crybaby Walker. I don't know what that is. And that makes me so sad for you. <laughs> what is that? It's a Johnny Depp movie. Oh, That's okay. made by the same guy who did Hairspray. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> and it's like a spoof on like, you know, like the greasers and like the like Johnny Depp's the greaser and his from the wrong side of the tracks and his father was the alphabet bomber. And like... Yeah, and there's a musical too, what? and there's like a whole song called "Girl, Can I Kiss You with Tongue," and uh, it's hilarious. Does, That's the musical, though. Does Johnny Depp sing that song? No, he does not. Damn. But does, he does sing in the movie. Does he really? Yes. There's this whole song. It's like, please, Mr. Jailer. Oh, I it's need, so good. I need to watch that. I'll let you borrow it. It's right. so good. Sorry. Anyway, okay, cool. Crybaby Walker. Anyway, he is not Crybaby Walker. <laughs> so, along with John Travers, was 19-year-old Michael Murdoch. Um. Again, long list of, of crimes, the car theft, burglary, drug possession. Yeah. He kind of, they referred to him as almost like a copycat. He, like, idolized Travers. Oh, so he was like his, like, he right-hand man or whatever. He would do anything Travers said mm. or wanted without second thought. He, like, just wanted to basically be him and would just, like, kiss the ground he walked on. Okay. Um, All right. There was the other three, and they were all brothers. So there's Michael, a.k.a. Mick Murphy. Okay. He was 33 years old. What? Yes. Okay. With a ringleader that's 19? Get out of here. Yeah. He was the eldest of the Murphy brothers. And at this time, he was an escapee from prison. And he was technically on the run. And yes, this all started with them at a bar playing pool. This guy's literally an escapee from prison and he's just drinking at a bar playing pool. Yikes. Okay. The cojones. (laughs) You should have seen the hand gesture. The cojones. Um, And then his two younger brothers were Gary Murphy, who was 28, um, and Les Murphy, who was 22, both with histories of drug possession, theft, assault, you name it. Okay. So, I'm sorry, it is confusing. There's 
two Michaels, one of whom I will refer to as Mick, who's the oldest Murphy brother. And there are two Garys. One is her father and one is one of the Murphy brothers. There was a lot of repeat names in this. And I got really confused at one point. I was like, who were they talking about? Just say their full name, I guess. I'm going to. (laughs) It's the the best way to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So while they were at this local dive bar, uh, they decided that they wanted to go try and buy some drugs. So they left the bar, piled into their stolen vehicle, because they had a stolen car. um, Oh, man. And realized that they didn't have enough money for gas. Which, at this point, my ass was like, the fuck you pay for all that beer you just drank? Okay. I mean, I don't... Anyway. They probably used all their money on the beer they just drank. (laughs) Sounds like they did. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So, they just, in that moment, decided, oh, we're just going to go rob somebody for some money. Because, I mean, if we don't have money for gas, we definitely don't have money for drugs. Oh, my God. We're just going to go rob someone. And it was also at this point that together they made a sick and twisted pact that they would try to rape someone that night. What? Welcome to Major Bummer. It just goes downhill from here. Ah. I don't like it. So at approximately 10 p.m., Anita had disembarked her train at Blacktown and was um, trying to make her way home. Okay. So the Blacktown stop was approximately two kilometers from her house, which um, for the only people that use the metric system um, (laughs) is 1.25 miles. And um, it's approximately a 30 minute walk. Okay. So... Um, before leaving the train stop, Anita tried her hardest to catch a ride. Mm-hmm. Um, she attempted to use the payphone to call her father, which she normally did when she would get home late at night like that. And her father would come pick her up from the train station. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the payphone had been vandalized and was broken. So she was unable to call home. Was it vandalized by them? No, it was just vandalized. Oh. I mean, who knows? It could have been them. They are assholes. Um <laughs> I hold nothing back in this episode. That's for you. I'm already on my second glass of wine. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Subtlety. This wine's middle name. So we're going to have to get you another drink. But we'll have to call it. No, no. It's subtlety. Subtlety. Subtlety, Rosé. Subtlety, Rosé. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry. All right. All right. So when she discovered that, she did her best to try and wait, search out a taxi, but there was just nothing in the area. It was too late at night. And so Anita ended up having to try and walk the 30 minutes home. Ugh. And this basically comes down to wrong place, wrong time. No, okay. So as like Anita that. made her way home, she was walking down Newton Road when a stolen H.T. Holden Kingswood car that contained Travers, Murdoch, and the three Murphy brothers came up behind her. Oh, no. They spotted her and immediately decided that she was going to be the one that they would take. They pulled over, and two of them jumped out of the car and immediately dragged her into the back seat. Oh, my God. She went kicking and screaming, but it wasn't enough. They sped away, and as they did, they 
almost immediately stripped her naked and tried to force her to perform oral sex on them. She said no, and they began to beat her. A bit later, they would need fuel. So they would shove her down to the floor of the car and hold a knife to the thro- to hold a knife to her throat while they demanded her purse so they could use her money to pay for their gas. They would shush her and threaten her as they pumped the gas before leaving the police the police station. Sorry, the gas station. Just make me sick. Okay. <clears throat> and I guys, this just gets worse from here. Um, so again, BATW, big ass trigger warning. Okay. So they sped off and they decided that they were going to head to a place called Reen Paddock. Reen Paddock um, was in a place called Prospect and it was a large farm that had lots of cow fields. Okay. Now, Reen Paddock had this long abandoned road behind it that was used for various things okay lots of people refer to it as a lover's lane others refer to it as a dumping ground this was not a great place okay but mostly it was known as somewhere that was highly abandoned so they got to Reen paddock they left the car and dragged anita completely naked off into the fields. They proceeded for the next two hours to take turns raping her and torturing her. Afterwards, they would sit around her while she was still conscious and crying for them to let her go, contemplating whether or not they should kill her. And they would all come to the decision that because she had seen their faces and heard their names, that she needed to die. Oh my god. Okay. They kind of all looked towards Travers and decided this was going to be his responsibility. Because in the end, he was the one that made the final call saying, no, we need to do it. She's seen us. She knows who we are. She can identify us. She needs to die. They left Travers there basically telling him to do his thing. Like they just walked away from him? Left him there with a knife and were like, do your thing. (sighs) At this point, Anita was lying flat on her stomach when Travers pulled her head back by her hair put the knife to her throat, and slit her throat. Oh my god. They would leave her naked and defiled body in the field before getting into their stolen vehicle and driving off. They went straight back to Travers' home, where they would burn her clothing and all of her belongings before cleaning up the ashes and tossing them out. They would then take the car and drive it to Bushland, where they would abandon it and light it on fire. I'm like... <laughs> there, you, there's, like, nothing you can say. I'm it's, fucking speechless. It's horrendous. Who the... F- These fucking... Mm. It, and you're gonna be angry. This, this is just terrible. This... 
this was really difficult to make my way through. Like, uh, I, I remember looking at this case and being like, nah. <laughs> I, I did not realize the depth of this oh, case. Oh, man. I would have cried researching this. So, uh, yeah, it was not, it was not easy. I'm sorry if I just hit my mic. Man. Oh, man, man, man. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So, this um this part I took straight from um I watched another episode of Crime Investigation Australia. Okay. There's a whole episode about her case. Okay. And um I took this straight out of two interviews that came out of this documentary. Um that same night um at approximately midnight, her father Gary, who had waited up for his daughter to come home, had become kind of concerned she didn't call normally she was pretty good about that you know she hadn't gotten home yet and he was just worried he said he recalled walking to the window in his home and looking outside at which point he noticed the moon amongst some clouds in the sky and he said that as he watched the clouds they formed a quote fiendish ghoulish face and he remembers just being terrified and he said that it was quote absolutely sadistic and that it was quote the face of all evil okay which is just very odd yeah her friend who had dropped her off at the train station lynn bradshaw also recalled that at about 11 p.m she had awoken in a cold sweat. She had had a horrific nightmare where she couldn't see Anita, but she could hear her. And Anita kept telling her, I won't be at work tomorrow. And when Lynn would say, yes, you are. What are you talking about? She said, quote, that she was dying. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. This, this, uh, deep breath. Okay. So. I'm, I'm almost crying. Okay. By the next morning, um. I'm sorry. If I had a dream like that about you, I would immediately call the police. Oh, I've. I've I would wake up at 3 a.m. and be like, my friend, please go check on her. I'd at least call you. Oh I, I mean, God. I know that this was at the time where there weren't cell phones, but I have done that. <gasps> I've had terrible nightmares about people that at the time were really close friends. And I have like fucking spammed the motherfucking shit out of them and been like, if you do not answer me, I'm fucking coming over to your house. I don't care. Like, you need to tell me you're alive. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. So okay. Okay. Two very odd things that happened on oh the night god. of her death. That's like how do you like at that point you're like wow that was like a fucking sign. Like Literally. after like, like knowing that what was happened. a like I basically had a premonition like of what was happening. Okay. Um so the next morning Grace and Gary saw that Anita's bed was still empty. Um their thought was that she had just decided to stay with friends. And that she decided not to call because it was late at night and she didn't want to wake them. She was a very good daughter when it came to checking in with her parents. She never really did this kind of thing. But they gave her benefit of the doubt because she was a good kid. She was 25 years old. She was an adult. She could make her own decisions. You know, maybe she got too drunk with her friends and she like fell asleep and she just Ex- forgot or like exactly you know she's 25 she can drink any in australia the the drinking age is even earlier so like mm-hmm. 
So, um, I have to close the door. <laughs> Tyler's trying to cook dinner and he's shooing the cats and it's kind of funny. Oh, uh, cats. Sorry, you probably couldn't hear me. I said my cats are mooches. <laughs> cats, I swear. They're terrible. They beg more than dogs sometimes. It's crazy because, uh, like, I'll cook chicken and they beg and bang and bang and I'll put it down on the ground. Like, you know, if something's weird with the chicken and I cut it off, I'll, like, find the pieces that are edible and give it to them. Mm-hmm. But, like, shrimp, they'll beg, 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 beg. I'll put some on the ground and they won't fucking eat it. It's okay. At least your cats beg for normal things. Try and put chicken Rice Krispies. Or tuna in front of my cat. She won't eat it. You give her a piece of a freaking Tostito chip or <laughs> Rice Krispie cereal or a piece of string cheese, and she thinks it's freaking gold. They um, act like I don't feed them, which is not true. Anyway, oh God, that's sorry. Banks. Um. So, at this point, they they like I said, they gave her their daughter benefit of the doubt. She you know got a little too drunk, stayed with a friend, right? Tried to you know hold their worry down. Um, but it was at about 2 p.m. when she had been scheduled at 1.30 at the hospital that her friend Lynn, who was also working the same shift that had been with her the night before, who had that terrible dream, right, decided that she was going to call the home to see if Anita had made it back last night. And it was at this point that Grace and Gary said that Anita never showed up last night and they had assumed she stayed with friends. When Lynn told them otherwise, they immediately went to the police. Oh, man. They filed a missing persons report and the search started. It would be Tuesday, just two days later, February 4th, at 11 a.m. that farmer John Reen, owner of Reen's Paddock, would notice that his cows were behaving kind of strange out in the field. Um, they were kind of all in one area, like just something kind of out of out of the Looking usual. At something. They were like all around something. He couldn't really tell what it was, so he made his way out to the field and he noticed that they were all kind of circling something that was on the ground. And when he got closer, he discovered the body of Anita Copy. Oh, um, my God. He literally said at first he didn't think it was a person. He lo- he thought it was a prank. He thought it was either a mannequin or a doll. But when he finally got close enough, he was horrified. Oh, so my God. Okay. He called police, and the first to arrive on scene was Detective Graham Rosetta. Um, he said the first thing he noticed was the terrible gash that was across her throat. And the fact that her face had the frozen look of horror on it. Um, Oh, my God. The lead detective on the case was Detective Inspector Ian Kennedy. And he recalled, and I'm just going to put a little trigger warning here. This is kind of gruesome. Um, Skip ahead a few few times if you don't want to hear this. Um, He recalled that when the medical examiner arrived on scene, he needed to roll the body over so he could examine her front side. And when he did her head basically almost rolled away because he had cut her throat so deep he had nearly decapitated her. Oh my god. Um, oh my god, this poor girl. He said that she was completely naked aside from the wedding ring that was still on her finger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I made Macy cry and I'm sorry. <laughs> 
this, this is this is not an easy one to listen to um upon further investigation um the emmy found that she had a broken nose she had deep abrasions on both sides her, of her face as well as broken cheekbones she had deep cuts in her hands that they believe were defensive wounds from her trying to grab the knives, the knife that they had tortured her with, and them like yanking it away from her hand and slicing it open. Oh my. They said that her hands and her arms were just covered in defensive wounds. She had broken knuckles. She had scrapes and cuts across her body, um, and some of which they believed had been from them dragging her through the barbed wire fence that had been around the property. Again, what the f- trigger warning. She had been raped orally, vaginally, vaginally, and anally. She had bruises all across her body that they believed um, were from being kicked and punched repeatedly. And they said that she had died when her throat was slit and that they believed that she had been alive and alert for this as her hand was up near her neck and several of her fingers had been nearly sliced off and they think that she tried to grab the knife and stop him from slitting her throat. Oh Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Um, The throat like I said, was cut so deep that the trachea was completely severed and her head was almost completely off. The coroner estimated it would have taken less than two minutes for her to completely die. I mean, honestly, at that point, I mean, I'm glad she didn't suffer. I, I she know. suffered enough. Like, she didn't, oh my god, I'm gonna fucking grab you. I'm crying. Okay. This is not an easy an easy case oh to listen god. to. Oh my god. What the fuck is wrong with these guys? Like what the fuck? They're terrible human beings and uh, who fucking thinks of this shit? Sadistic fucks. Like if, if I had the chance I would have burned them all alive. I would have very much strapped them to something, fucking poured gasoline on them and lit them on fire and watched them scream. Have and you burn. seen that movie like Last Last House on the Left or whatever where like that like family they like the the son rapes the daughter or whatever and then she somehow makes it back to her family's house and like there's like this big like citywide or like countrywide blackout and like the parents like fuck them up no i the haven't parents seen that. well because she escapes and then somehow and they and she gets back to her house i think it's called last house on the left somebody please tell me if i'm wrong but her parents fuck them up yep i would have if I was her dad, I, w- I would fucking find these kids. I don't care. Like, oh, my God. You, you'd get the most painful death. Oh, I, my God. If I even allowed you to die, I'd probably just fucking torture you at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'd be so... Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. So, word got back to the station that um, a female's body had been found. And the officer who had helped the Lynch's file their missing persons report immediately just knew, like, this can't be a coincidence. This can't be good. This can't be good. So he took her photo and he actually went out to the crime scene. And immediately they identified her as Anita Copy. Um, They took her wedding ring and they went, they actually took it to her family 
Um, at which point when they arrived, her sister was in the house. Um, so they informed the family that they had found a body. Um, and they asked, can you identify this ring? The sister immediately said, that's, that's Anita's wedding ring. Um, they would have Gary come down to the morgue to identify her body. And they said that that's her dad, right? mm -hmm. Okay. Um, upon seeing his daughter, he would collapse to his knees and need to be held up by police officers. And he would say that he wished he could say that it wasn't his daughter, but he would not want to wish that on anybody else's family. Oh, hi. If you're looking for another spooky and funny podcast to add to your rotation, check out Anything Bones, now part of the Podmoth Network. Hey, Boneheads, I'm Sophie Schwartz. And I'm Caitlin Hart. And we're the hosts of Anything Bones, the podcast where we talk about bones and bone-related topics. So, what are bone-related topics? Thank you for asking, Caitlin. This can be anything from mausoleums to murderers, famous skeletons to cadaver dogs. Bone churches, mummies, serial killers. You'll hear about them all. And sometimes we have guests stop by and tell us their favorite bony tales. Check out Anything Bones on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever your little heart desires. We release new episodes every Saturday. Bone, Bone Voyage. Voyage! We are Wendy and Beth, and we host the podcast Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color. Tell the people about the show, Wendy. Well, happy to. As you might have guessed by now, our show focuses on serial killers of color. We decided to make this the focus of our show because most of the podcasts that we listen to focus on whole white serial killers. Also male, cisgender, hetero serial killers. And we thought the space could use a little spice, a little diversity. Yeah. And we believe that the victim stories are important. Many of the victims are also BIPOC folks and the media just doesn't focus on these people. We also get plenty of opportunities to discuss race, race relations, systemic oppression, policing, history, and culture. We learn something new every day, and we hope that you do too. Join us as we tell the fascinating stories of these crimes that often go untold by the mainstream media. Subscribe or download Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color now on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look alive, y'all. It's crazy out there. Farmer John Reen would also later tell police that the night prior he had heard screaming, but he knew that kids often frequented that road and used it to party, and so it was a sound that he was used to hearing. He often heard kids running around through his fields yelling, and he, he didn't think anything, didn't of, think it. anything of it. Oh he thought God. it was just like kids out partying. That poor guy. He probably I, felt I, so bad. I, say, I can't even imagine how I like, I don't think I could live with myself. Like, like, like it's not your fault. But it's like, not your fault. But at the same time, like you're just, you're stuck with that thought of like, if I had got just this, gone outside, this if I had one just time, gone like, Oh my God. I, I, I couldn't like, I like, can you think of how many times he did when he first started hearing it, that he went mm -hmm. out there and was like, get out of my, you know, what are you doing? Get off my get property. And we'd go out and check. And, he, and yeah. And he, eventually he just was like, yeah, fuck it. Like they're kids. just gonna like, it's just gonna happen. And this one time, oh my God, that poor guy. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. That sucks. Um, so obviously the first place, Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped a line. So, like I said, um, they found her in the field. 
And the first thing they did was they tried to search the area. They, um, they wanted to try and find any of her belongings, um, which weren't fucking there. Yeah. They had tried to find, um, her, um, her friends had given a description. She had been wearing striped pants and a white top. She had been carrying, um, like a black duffel bag of sorts that had had her scrubs in it from the day before. And she had a purse with her and they didn't find any of this. Um, so like any case like this, they immediately start with the significant other and they track down her estranged husband, John. Um, he had also positively identified the ring. Um, and they said that he was just like utterly distraught upon learning about her disappearance and then the murder because they were still technically married. And even though they had split up, they were still friends. Um, they, he said that um, when he learned of her disappearance before they had found her, he had actually driven around to all of her friends' homes to see if she had been there. Oh, my God. Um, there was a little bit of a lack of information here on where this went. Um, obviously, he did not commit this murder. Um they were pretty quick to rule him out. There, like, wasn't a lot of, like, they, you know, but they didn't for say interrogation. Like, yeah, they didn't talk about his alibi, but I'm assuming they, he probably had a pretty solid one because they're, they, like, say, like, oh, yeah, they asked him, like, to identify the ring. He said this, but there's nothing else after that. So I'm assuming they had something with him. I did, I want to mention this. I only saw it in one source, but one source tried to say that he falsely confessed. And I don't know if I believe this. It was it was one of the smaller sources they found. Okay. And it was not mentioned in either of the documentaries I watched or any other source. And I don't know how much truth there is to that. I feel like if somebody had falsely confessed to this crime, it would have been a big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I felt about the DeGrucci case, right? Like where that guy committed suicide. And I was like, but exactly. I feel like this would have been mentioned more had it been like the case. Exactly. So I, I wanted to put that out there that I did read that. I did see that in my source, but I don't truly, I don't, don't know truthfully how believe truth, that. I don't know how truthful that is. From what I gained from everything else, he was just horribly distraught. And I think he had an alibi and police were quick to rule him out. And it just. He, I mean, he, honestly, he, he obviously he didn't do it. So. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> at that point, like, he didn't do it. So. I say I went into this one and I and these fuckers probably left DNA and fingerprints and fuck they didn't clean like well I I went into this one and I was like I need to start from the beginning saying that we know who these people are. I was like I can't like go into this and be like, "Oh, we don't find out till later." Like, you know, I was like, "No, you need to know who these monsters are for, like right up front because you need to know that they got caught." Oh my god. That's okay. like the one thing you need to remember is that these fuckers do go down. Um good. They all, fucking deserve it. All five of them. So they backtracked a little and with the little bit of evidence they had, they started at the train station that Lynn said she had dropped Anita off at. Okay. They would canvass the areas um both at the one she had dropped her off at and the one she was supposed to arrive at. Um, they would talk to all different kinds of residents, taxi drivers, train riders. And this is before everybody has CCTV and yep. fucking security cameras. Say, this is and 1986, guys. There's no cell phones. There's... Like, literally police in the UK now, everybody, like, has CCTV on their fucking house. Uh-huh. They can, like, 
go to a person's house and be like, oh, they walk on the street and go to like five houses on that block. Can like and, follow them down and, the street. And be like, can I see your CCTV footage? And they'll be like, yeah. Yep. Which I think is really smart. With like fucking eight, 1980s, you can't do fucking shit. I know. It frustrates me. <laughs> I still get their comeuppance. Okay, good. Um, so it would take a little bit of digging, but they would find their first and very, um, their first very important clue. Okay. They would find out that that night that she had been making her way home at about 9.50 p.m., there was a police report made. Oh, okay. A sister and a brother, um, a, like a younger sister and a brother, um, named Linda and John McGoy, had called into police saying that they were home alone when they heard screaming. When they went outside, they saw a young woman on the sidewalk being taken by two men and shoved into the back of an old model car. Good on those kids. Good. The brother tried to chase the vehicle, but it had already started to drive away. Um, so he clearly didn't catch yeah, up to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, he's young. Um, they called them one. Um, not too long later, their br- older brother Paul, um, arrived home. They were frantic. They told Paul everything that had happened. He made sure that they had called police. He asked. What did they look like? What was the car looking like? And where did they go? He got back in his car and he tried to find them. Oh, oh my God. And this, again, is going to hurt a little bit. He drove around to many locations trying to find this car. Including Reen Paddock. What? Paul would find the car. It matched the description his brother gave, but there would be nobody in it. Oh, because they were out in the fucking field. At this point, the car was abandoned. He used a handheld spotlight that he kept in his car to search it. And then he would stand on the side of the road trying to search the woods around to see if he could see anything. Oh, my God. He never saw or heard anything. So he got back in his car thinking maybe it wasn't the correct car and drove home to check on his siblings and, the, and meet with the police. Um, oh my God. They would learn that while Paul was standing there shining his spotlight, they were holding Anita to the ground, covering her mouth to silence her. Because they saw the light. They were in the tall grass. They were right there. (laughs) Police would learn that they were not the only ones in the area to hear screaming that night. So they interviewed several different witnesses up and down the road. They would find out that this was obviously the path that Anita had chosen to take home and that she had walked from the station. Okay. So their next step was... To try and figure out, obviously, who was in this car. Yeah. Like, they Where's obviously know what happened. They, like, obviously, they picked her up and they brought her here. Yeah. They've, and they, all of yeah. this happened, but they've, we need to find out what happened in between. Exactly. They figured out that she did board the train. She made it back to her stop successfully. 
and she ended up having to walk. So okay. problem was at this point, the media had caught wind of this story. Uh, okay. And unfortunately, That's never a great thing. Some of the more gruesome details had been leaked. What the fuck? I don't know who that fucked up fucker is that thought it would be a good idea to release that if shit. If I was the editor of that, like, fucking paper, I would go and look. No, the editor is the fucking jerk because he printed it. If I was the co- head, like, the head of the cops or whatever, the boss, <laughs> whatever you are, <laughs> and you found out that one of your, like, your underlings fucking did that, I'd be like, you're going to get a swift punch in the face. I'd be like, guess like, who's suspended without pay? You, yeah, guess who is on like, administrative well, we, leave? Well, we investigate <laughs> because who knows what else you've leaked, you piece of shit. Yeah, like, um, fuck you. So the public was outraged by this crime. They were like, this is appalling. What is happening in our country? Like, but they also began to panic because they realized that nobody had been caught for this crime yet. Oh my God. And so now the police and the public, that's like the whole point of the police, right? To keep the public from fucking panicking. Exactly. So the police are like, fuck now our timetable is like so much smaller. We need to fucking get going. We need to catch these guys. They were already at this point worried that they might do this again. So now they're like, we need to work even quicker because now we have to also try and keep the public calm. Oh, my God. But thankfully, it would only take them three months to solve this crime. Oh, my God. Good. So the first thing they did was they actually decided to film a reenactment of Anna of Anna. I'm sorry. Anita being dropped off at the train, boarding, riding, getting home and walking. This is in hopes of maybe jogging someone's memory who happened to be nearby on the train. Somebody who might have witnessed this just to be able to say, you know, we saw this, you know, any piece of information they can get. Um, They also released this video with um, a reward that was being offered by the New South Wales government of $50,000. Is this where this happened, New South Wales? In Australia? It's in that area outside Sydney. She worked at Sydney Hospital. Okay, so it's outside. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they said um, $50,000 reward for anything leading to an arrest. Unfortunately, this got them nowhere. Ugh. It was completely unhelpful. But I mean, she, what, like, what? She got off the train? At, like, it's lucky those kids saw her. Well, that's the thing is, like, she couldn't get a ride home. It was, it was really late. late. Like, like, thank God those kids saw her. Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, <sighs> like, Otherwise, if, if, they'd have fucking nothing. I would say, if if those kids did not see her, they would have no lead. So, okay, this just basically got a bunch of really useless calls to and their tip line. And fucking people who are assholes being like, <laughs> I'm going to get them. Oh, I know. <sighs> people that call tip lines and do that kind of shit. And, like, waste I hate you. time. And fuck you. resources. Like, fuck you. <laughs> um, so, it wouldn't be until police spoke with a well-known informant that any good tips would come through. Oh, well, because they all had drug charges. Mm-hmm. These are all criminals. That so this tip would blow the case wide open. This informant. And was, these guys probably like were like bragging about it. So <laughs> this, <laughs> Nicole's like, just let me talk. Right this tip would tell police that a car matching the description had been stolen. And had been used by none other than John Travers' 
Michael Murdoch, and Les Murphy. They were given those three names. Not all five at first. Just, just those the three. three. Okay. That's better than nothing. Obviously, they would pull their backgrounds and see their disgusting histories and be like, oh no, this is something. This is something big. <sighs> the informant would then also tell police that he believed they had dumped and burned the car. But if they ever found it, that it was known for having extremely distinct chrome wheels. <laughs> Those guys are fucked. <laughs> they, they never located the car. Oh, okay. Okay, never mind then. But, 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 but. Okay. They raided the homes of all three men. And it would be on Les Murphy's car that they would find those nice shiny chrome ones. He took them. He fucking took them. He took them. That motherfucker. Fucking moron. Oh. Inside. I mean, I'm sorry. I just like blew out your speakers. I'm glad he took them. <laughs> I'm glad he did. Inside Travers' home, they would find a knife covered in blood, and they would all immediately be arrested and brought into the station. So. Sorry, I need to set my wine glass down. you got to have that saute, saute, saute. Saute, rosé. That's not that subtlete anymore. But it's keeping me from crying. So I was going to say, well, we're, we're officially <laughs> at the point of the case where I'm going to wipe those tears away with justice, bitch. <laughs> justice. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, Detective, um, Detective Sergeant Rosetta said that he was the one that got to interview Travers when they brought him in. Okay. And when asked about the bloody knife, Travers swore that he had only used that knife to kill sheep. <laughs> okay. Since, Which, you know, he's, like, accused of sexually... Was something sheep. he did. <sighs> but Rosetta just kept push, pushing at him. Was like, I don't believe you. I don't believe a single thing you fucking say. You're lying. Like, fuck you. That's that's not that's not sheep's blood. And he just poked and he poked and he poked. Until Travers Who's a typical nineteen year old looked at Rosetta and said, quote, I didn't slit that slut's throat. But had that been released? It had been. But Rosetta said that he said the word slut so venomously that it was literally in that moment he knew Travers was guilty and he was going to fucking prove it. <laughs> yes, Rosetta, get him. Get him. So, um, he <laughs> tried to say his alibi that he was, that he was at home watching TV all night fucking idiot with no witnesses okay literally i was like that's, that's oh sir, but we that's can go to the bar and see that like multiple people saw you there multiple <laughs> witnesses you fucking idiot you okay absolute moron um again in typical 19 year old fashion and of all of these people 30 year olds included i'm sorry i'm almost 30 Fuck you <laughs> you give 30 year olds a bad name i would never ever ever like so, some like 19 year old comes up to me and be like this is a cool idea i'd be like peace <laughs> and i'd immediately Seriously. go to the police like um ugh, i mean ugh. 
So unfortunately, testing did eventually prove that the blood on the knife did belong to animals. No. So that was not the murder weapon. Um, but they did have enough to hold them on car theft. So all three were charged with car theft. Less, um, less and Michael Murdoch were released on bail but put under 24-hour surveillance all you got to do is get one of them singing like a canary while they held travers <laughs> in jail <laughs> like you got to get so, one of them i think this I, I put this in here because i just thought it was fucking funny they <laughs> l- literally tried to plan to break him out oh the kids uh-huh oh and oh uh, les murphy uh. and michael murdoch while they were under surveillance made a call in which they discussed how they were going to try and get fake passports, break Travers out of prison, and escape the country. <laughs> they literally said they were going to try and do, like, some grandiose thing of, like, dis- they literally said they were going to derail a nearby train so that they could get all of the police distracted and get them to leave the station, where they would then sneak in, get Travers, and escape through the sewer tunnels. <laughs> I was like, are we in a fucking like, James Bond movie. <laughs> what is this? I think you guys bullshit. have been watching too many too many spy movies. Literally, you don't know how the real world works. Oh my god! <laughs> but at this point, this is what made police also think: Why are they trying so hard to break him to out. break him out for car theft? Because at this point, that's all they've been charged with. I'm so glad these guys are so fucking dumb. Oh, they're fucking stupid. (laughs) Um, So. Now, Travers would literally lead to his own undoing. Yay. And it's sweet, glorious fucking justice. (laughs) Justice! This moron, while sitting in jail, asked one of the on-duty police officers that was kind of assigned to watch him if he could have an acquaintance bring him in some cigarettes. He wanted some smokes. Okay. Which at the time was a thing. That is 1986. Now they're like, fuck you. Well, deal with the withdrawals. They were like, hmm, who's this acquaintance? So they're like, yeah, sure. Give us their number. We'll set that up for you. Instead, they set up a meet with this person so that they could question them. Yikes. Now, this person becomes a protected witness whose name is not known oh okay they are referred to in the case as miss x oh she would literally end up having to be put in witness protection because what she did led to all of their friends travers and this gang sending her death threats that's how bad she fucks them but dis a badass bitch and good for you, Miss X. So they met up with Miss X and she explained that Travers had multiple sexual assaults, some unreported that were against him, um, in that he had this like deep seated hatred of women. Um, she told them stories about him getting violent really quickly, especially when drunk, and that he often carried a knife with him. She basically told them she wasn't really an acquaintance, that he liked her and she was afraid of him. And so 
she like couldn't do anything about it oh no they asked and she's like yes this is my way out like (laughs) well they said Ah! will you bring him cigarettes he will be behind bars he cannot hurt you and then report back to us what what he he tells you so they bring her in she agrees she brings him the cigarettes and comes back a little bit later she comes back shaking like a fucking leaf and almost collapses to the ground. What? She says that he admitted to committing the murder along with the help of Michael Murdoch, Les Murphy, and the other two Murphy brothers, Mick and Gary. And they didn't even know about them yet. Whoa! They okay. had her write all of this down and sign it as an official statement. But at this point, this is just a he said, she said, hearsay situation. They need something on record. Which, why they didn't do this in the fucking first place. I Like, this is the one moment I wanted to be like, what were you thinking? Like, you send, their, send her in there to get intel. And the first time you didn't put a wire on her. Why would you, why would you wait? So this time they said, we're going to send you back in. And you can just talk with him. We are going to put a wire on you. We want you to try and coax a confession out of him again. We want to get it recorded. So she agrees again. And if you watch the crime investigation Australia, you get to hear it. Yo! They, I will say that if you do watch it, they do replace Miss X's voice for identity purposes, obviously. And they actually said that they cut some of it out. Because it was too gruesome and disturbing to play. And they will never release it. This piece of shit. So I'm going to read this to you. And it's... I'm just going to look back and forth. Miss X, Travers, Miss X, Travers. I'm going to read exactly what they said. Okay. Because this is important. Okay. I, like, couldn't sum this up, basically. So... And this is from the... This is like the original video. This is the from this documentary the documentary. Song. This okay. is the original tape. I don't know if anything's. I mean, I'm assuming this obviously isn't the whole thing. I don't know if it's been clipped anywhere in between. I'm assuming not this part. Right. But it's just a brief back and forth between Miss X and Travers. Okay, got it, got it. So, Miss X, John, come close. Why? Why did you have to stop her, Travers? We were all drunk, and she fucking seen all of us. Miss X, what? She saw your faces? Travers, yeah, and she got all of our names, and we were just... Miss X, she got your names? Travers, yes. Miss X, and you knew? Travers, someone had to do it. Miss X, what? And the others said you had to do it? Travers, and I said it's gotta be done, and they said... Miss X... Who said it had to be done? You? Travers, all of us. Miss X, you all agreed? Travers, yes. Then they said, go on, Tronny, do your thing. Miss X, but that's not your thing, John, is it? You haven't done that before, have ya? Travers, no. Miss X, truthfully? Travers, no. Miss X, that's, that's the first? Travers, yeah. Laughter. Miss X, don't laugh. It's not funny, John. 
Travers. They weren't going to do it, so I had to. Miss X. And the rotten bastards all fucked off on you? Travers. No one wants to know me now. Miss X. I do, John. I still love you. This was some type of girlfriend or something. I would say, I don't know if she was an ex. I don't know if she was just like a side chick. I love you. You don't just say that to... I don't know if she was trying to just kind of make him feel like she wasn't just interrogating him. If she was trying to make him like seem like they're still buddy buddy. I mean, you can. I guess you can still you can still be scared of somebody and be and you know and be like and, like, you're, and have these weird feelings about them. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. and you don't want them to think you're wearing a wire at that point. Like even if they're behind bars and they can't get to you, like you still want to like be like I'm on your side. Don't be don't hurt me, please. Like. I love you. It's fine. So anyway. I'd be the worst. Oh, I, I'd be like, it's great. It's all fine. It's, <laughs> I'm so it's awkward. It's totally fine as I like lean my chest that has the microphone on it towards you. <laughs> Awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm not a police officer, guys. Anyway. <laughs> so using this confession, they immediately get permission to get arrest warrants for Michael Murdoch, Wes Murphy, Gary Murphy and Nick Murphy. Yes. So they immediately found Murdoch and Les and they were arrested promptly with no issues. But Mick and Gary Murphy were nowhere to be found. That one guy was like out of jail. He's like, no way. Mm-hmm. So they brought Murdoch and Les into interrogation. It did not take them long to crack. They both confessed to the what happened. The minute you're like, Traverse has told, and even it's a lie, like, right? Yeah. Traverse told us what happened, and he named both of you. They're going to sing like canaries. Yeah, because they want to save their own asses. Oh, if I talk first, I'm going to get the better deal. Oh, he did. I, that's not what happened. This is what happened. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're going to try and make it seem, they're going to try and be like, they're oh, I'm the good the one guy. for telling yeah. the truth. I told the truth. Um, so, um, both of their stories matched up. Um, they corroborated everything that they had already known. And when they brought Travers back into the interrogation room and told him that they knew everything, that they knew he was the one that held the knife to her throat and slid it. They knew exactly what he had done. The first fucking thing, he got pissed off and tried to say, who snitched on me? <laughs> you. he he became like absolutely fucking irate and was like who told on me well you just fucking fucked yourself basically yourself you fucking moron you fucked yourself because you fucking like they already know it was you because this girl was wearing a wire and second you just said that you said that over time with everything they presented him with he did eventually confess good so um, he even went on to tell detectives where he had purchased the knife that he had used to kill Anita and that um, the last time he saw it was in one of his kitchen drawers. They never recovered the knife that he used to kill her. He probably put it in that car. It's, it's fucking long gone. He probably put it in that car. I mean. It's in my kitchen drawer. Fuck you. <laughs> so. They Raspberries. W- um, they would then take the men one by one to the crime scene and make them walk the detectives through what happened that night. And 
now at this time, remember, they are still looking for Mick and Gary. They have not found them yet. So they thankfully at this point could go to Anita's family and say, we know what happened. We know who did it. We are looking for the last two, but your daughter will see justice. Good. Um, Good. Now, like I had mentioned, the public was fucking outraged by this. Yeah. And God bless the public sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes fuck them, but sometimes, yay. (laughs) They found out that they had taken the three men and were out rewalking the crime scene to determine what had happened. Oh my God. The public basically gathered and formed a giant protest outside the police station for when they got back. There were hundreds of people with signs. There was a noose hung down the side of the police station. Oh, okay. That, no. That's too far. Too far! There, they basically came to, like, shout obscenities at them. Okay. To tell them to fuck off and go to hell. Cool. And like the people were spitting at the cars, like you can you could see there's videos of this protest of them Shit. returning in the vehicles, and it's scary. These people were pissed. Oh man, they literally. Okay, the news was too much, but go ahead and spit on the car. That's fine. And some yell. of the banners and posters they said that they. I'm sorry that they said they had. Okay. Literally, were like reinstate the death penalty. Like, oh my like, god, these let, kids were probably like, fuck. Let the public what, take like the, care of them. It's like, like what the three kids that have gotten a, like gotten a, brought in at this point. It's the, like the, it's 19 the two nineteen-year-olds and the twenty-two-year-old. They're probably like shit. Oh, 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 oh. Good. It gets better. Yay! So, fuck these guys. So, um. Travers, Murdoch, and Les were taken to court, and they were charged with abduction and murder, and they were held without bail. And it wouldn't be long before the manhunt for Gary and Mick Murphy would come to a close. Because honestly, the pol- like uh, the police are looking for them, but also the public's looking for them. Exactly. You were on Australia, bitch, and you pissed off the whole fucking country. The world is looking for you. You ain't <laughs> leaving. You literally are on a giant island. <laughs> and everyone knows what you look like you are not leaving <laughs> there's no way you're getting out no way so okay they would find them <laughs> this is hilarious okay when they would track them down gary would attempt to flee and upon being tackled and captured by police would piss his own fucking pants <laughs> and be walked into the police station in piss-covered <laughs> jeans. And there's a motherfucking picture of this, guys. This is not like, oh, it was in... No, no, no. There's a fucking picture of him in handcuffs with two cops on either side of him with a giant wet stain on the front of his fucking Fuck jeans. this guy. Yes. Okay. And... Mick Murphy basically just sat on the couch and was like, you got me. Okay. He probably was like, yeah, I'm fucked. There's no way I'm getting out of this. So they two were obviously brought in, charged with abduction and murder, and put in jail. So, oh, man. 
when the trial started, the public outcry was just as big. Outside the police station. I'm going to, there's pictures of all of this, guys. I can't wait to see. I can't. I can't. They, half the time I see these pictures when y'all see these pictures. So, like, <laughs> they hung a dummy from a tree outside the courthouse. Oh my God. They wanted these men dead. That, I'm sorry, guys. That's too far. Let the justice system take care of it. Some of the signs that were being held demanded castration. Okay. I agree. I liked that one. I like that one too. <laughs> I was like, they kind of fucking deserve that one. Um, I mean, they deserve to be in fucking jail for the rest of their lives. Or like, if honestly, if the if they reinstate the death penalty, penalty, whatever. But don't put a noose outside. That's that's not appropriate. Yeah. 1986. <laughs> not appropriate. So, oh, at this point, I'm sorry, it's 1987. Okay. Okay. So, um, it would be five months. Later, that they would be arriving at this courthouse. Okay. It um, would be March of... It would be March 16th of 1987. Sorry. Okay. So, they would appear in the Glebe Coroner's Court. Yep. I I had to... I listened to them say that like four times. And I was like, uh, Glebe. Anyway. <laughs> think of the Glee Club. All five men pled not guilty, despite them having confessions from every single one of them. These fucking morons. <laughs> my eyes. I don't think I could have rolled my eyes any harder. <laughs> I just don't. During the trial, the men would show absolutely no sign of remorse. Not surprised. They would often appear uncaring or bored. And occasionally they'd even be caught joking around with one another. Did they all get tried together? Yes. They wouldn't act like that if they were alone. So now Miss X took the stand. This badass bitch. Yes. And at this point, she had not. This was. And they didn't. I, this was before public. she was in protective custody. <gasps> okay. So she she eventually went into protective custody. But After this was before. Okay, okay. Um, Travers was fucking furious. That she got up? They said when she took the stand, his face was just pure fucking hatred and anger. He didn't try to hide it. <laughs> he sat forward in his chair and was just fucking glaring. Man, okay. They soon noted that he began muttering. He began muttering under his breath. Okay, here's my thing. Sorry, pause. Pausing. The jury can see all this shit. Uh huh. The jury sees all of this. Behavior in court is a big fucking deal. You fucking stupid piece of shit. Piles. Of I mean, I'm garbage. glad you did it. I'm glad you did it because fuck you. But. Don't you, like, think of this? Like, I mean, I mean... Oh, you're glad he made the face. Just, like, in general. Like, why are you fucking acting like you don't give a shit? They're literally sitting there judging you this whole fucking time. Yep. Being like, these assholes look like... Like, please, go ahead and act like an asshole. Yeah! You're just proving to me you're that... Proving you're, you're, you're proving you're... You're fucking guilty. 
Oh, my God. Okay. So they noticed that he had started muttering under his breath. I'd be like, if I was the judge, I'd be like, sir, please tell me what is so interesting. (laughs) I'm such an ass. Police who were there to testify, including Rosetta, noticed this. And so they were all watching him. And so when he tried to lunge for Miss X, they fucking slammed his ass. Oh, my God. If they didn't know you were guilty before, they fucking know now. Yup. Like, what? You fucking moron. You are, like, you're not even trying to preserve your own butt. I mean, thankfully. They, say that <laughs> they took him down quite easily, and he did not harm Miss X. Good, good. Um, She got back on the stand and finished her testimony. Yes, Miss I don't know who that woman is, but fucking praise her her she's a badass bitch and i hope she is fucking living her life to the fullest extent she goddamn deserves it get my huzzas ma'am um they after miss x brought in a person um a woman sorry named maxine greensmith okay who's maxine greensmith well she was john travers neighbor she had awoke in the middle of the night to an odd smell permeating her home. And when she looked out back, she noticed Travers and her friend, her friends, oops, his friends, in the next door yard, Bernie, standing around a bonfire. And that it smelled weird. Not like a stereotypical like wood bonfire. Wood. They all, the five would later confess, well, not all of them, but some of them would later confess that this was Anita's clothing and her belongings. Now, it is at this point that John Travers fucking shocks the country. He changes his plea from not guilty to guilty. Good. Just admit when you've fucking done something. He is removed from the trial and is just simply set aside to wait to await sentencing. He did not get a deal for this. He got nothing from this. Nobody really knows why he did it. Because he's probably like, fuck. uh, Fuck. I'm fucked. I think one of the sources said like he realized the evidence against him was too great. Yeah, he realized he was fucked. I was like, "Mm, probably. But yeah, he was basically fucked. And so (laughs) he pled guilty. The other four morons continued to plead not guilty and went through with the full trial. <laughs> um, the defense kind of spent their time trying to argue that they were not the ones that held the knife to her throat and killed her. That it was Travers. That it was Travers. But the, the prosecutors were having fucking none of that and they shut it down. Because they all agreed. They all agreed and they all said, you do your thing. They so used, they knew what he was doing. They used a comparison and they said... If a bank robber commits murder and then gets into the getaway car, you drive, you, you charge the, the driver with the same charges you charge that, that murderer with. They get murder. They get robbery. Mm-hmm. What's the difference here? They may not have held the knife, but they knew what was happening. And they did it. And they just let it happen. They knew what was going on. And then they left her there. And took all her stuff. They all actively and burned it. Made the decision to say, "Yeah, kill her." Yeah, 
Fuck you might not have been the one holding the knife, but you let it happen. You could have any of you at any of this at any time could have been like, this is not OK. We need to stop. They know they did. Actually, this was at the time where they would do stuff like this. They did actually take the jury itself and walk them through the crime scene. They said that they were so disturbed by this. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. No. Um, the trial would last for only two months. And Anita's family would come into the courtroom every single day to support their daughter. I would. On Wednesday, June 10th of 1987... At 10.20 a.m., the jury announced they had reached a verdict and all four men were found guilty of every charge that was brought against them. Hmm. Good. Witnesses said the courtroom fucking erupted. Oh, good. They said it was packed wall to wall because the public had become so invested and that when they announced the guilty verdict, people were clapping shouting cheering everything those kids were probably like fuck good you shouldn't do fucking fucked up shit um you can actually watch um there's like a brief press interview immediately after leaving the courtroom with gary and grace her parents um they just give like a small thank you to the police for helping them get justice for their daughter um and that they're just they're saddened but they're happy that their daughter like can rest in peace that these monsters were taken down oh my god so six days later all five men were brought into court for sentencing during the speech the judge referred to them as wild animals he said in his 40 years of being a judge he had never seen anything like this case each man were sentenced to to 16 years for kidnapping 17 years for robbery with wounding okay um oh dear god sorry 12 years for maliciously inflicting bodily harm with intent to have sexual intercourse and then they received an additional five years for theft of a motor vehicle no murder nothing for murder Hmm. i did not notice that oh well they didn't commit the actual physical murder though well but this is all five of them huh um, okay. I, well, I mean, honestly, at that point, how long are you in uh, fucking jail? Forever? Well, and I took this straight from um, The Guardian, which is an Australian newspaper. Um, okay. And all of the other sources simply just said life in prison. Yeah. Um, this was the only one that really broke it down. So it's possible that maybe the murder was like the tip. <laughs> maybe something maybe something's left. I mean, maybe they were charged with life in prison for the murder and this is everything else. It's like 12 years for this. 17 years for this, 18 years for this. Oh, yeah. And by the way, you're spending your life in prison. (laughs) Uh, And it was without chance of parole. I'm clapping. Clap. And uh, I apologize if there's something wrong in there. I didn't even realize I missed that. I 
I just was like, what about murder? <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Because <laughs> um, I really, These I really didn't even. They got away with which not is getting terrible, murdered. Because I do the, th- I, I read through all my notes too. And I didn't even, I didn't even notice. Um, So the judge then ruled at the end of the sentencing that all of the files for these five men and this case be marked, quote, never to be released because the details of it, the full blown details of it are fucking atrocious and devastating. No one should ever be able to read them. No one needs to to read them. No one needs to know them. What we know already is, is bad already her fucking horrendous. There's like not a big enough word. I keep wanting to say horrendous and it's like not fucking enough. Horrendous. Horrific. Atrocious. atrocious. Disgusting. Fucking. Just, ugh. Awful. I just I can't. I wish I could just go to that jail and punch them in the face and be like, fuck you. Right. <laughs> so. That's for Anita. As of today, Mick Murphy died behind bars. Good. He suffered from liver cancer. Who cares? Which I fucking hope it was painful. <laughs> he died in February of 2020 at the age of 66. Bye. You missed COVID. Good for you. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's all you missed. That's all you missed. Hope you had a great time fucking rotting in jail. Hope you had a grat tip, you piece of shit. Yeah. No, no. You don't even deserve a grat tip. You don't even deserve a grat tip. Fuck you. I hope it was miserable, you ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you died. Um. A couple years back, Gary Murphy was actually seen for the first time by the public as he was escorted to a hospital because he had been jumped in the prison showers after a prison transfer. That public hatred ran deep. I mean, bitch, I don't want to say I told you, like, I like I told you you deserve it, but, like, I told you you deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> anyway. You deserve it. Um... <laughs> Unfortunately, all of the other four men are still alive, but they are still behind bars. They're all in different prisons. And they are all across Australia. Well, that's good. Um, They did that on purpose, probably. The interview I watched um, in Crime Investigation Australia was... Oh, crap. It was either 2005 or 2006. Okay. Um, Her parents were very elderly. Um, Gary Lynch, her father, did pass away in 2008, just a couple years later at the age of 90. Okay. Um, and her mother, Grace, lived until 2013 and she passed away at the age of 88. Um, I didn't really find anything about what happened to her sister, Catherine, um, or her husband, John. I didn't, there was nothing really more about it. It was really hard to find details about what happened after. Other than to the guys. Yeah, I saw a lot of articles about the fact that Gary had been attacked in prison because that was the most one of the most recent updates and that and that honestly Nick had died. I don't give a shit if Gary was attacked. Fuck about you. you or anything about you or anything that you do. We don't give a fuck about you or anything that you do. Um but yeah. Anita Cobby got justice for a horrendous and tragic death and major bummer that is we need to get like a cardboard cut out of him in the, the end of Australian so i can be like crime fuck you major bummer throw darts at him <laughs> yeah <laughs> go downstairs my husband has darts we could throw darts dart at you board. why would you do this to me 
I can't believe normally I think the last time we cried was like what the <sighs> best like Rosemary and Fred West that was the last time I cried I think so I can't remember oh my god I was like gonna lose it yeah this this is not an easy case to listen to, oh, to thank research. god they got there like thank god that this was not an unsolved case you i would have been like fuck you finish oh, recording this by yourself i'm I, done i wouldn't i don't think i would have been able <laughs> to, to cover this Those if i had known people i mean thank god they got justice for their daughter thank god there are so many people who have atrocious things happen to their loved ones that don't get justice mm -hmm. thank god and you just and they're the cutest little elderly little couple. elderly people and oh my god you just watch them in the interview and i i took this out but i will mention it now because it like was important it, like it's like not important but kind of important but kind of sad and like i don't know you decide but anyway <laughs> i don't know what i'm describing up to you but it um earlier on they actually brought her father gary to the scene where they found her body just to see if maybe he recognized anything in the area just just to kind of get give him perspective of what was going on and he talked about the fact that and he says this in one of the interviews that you can see in the crime investigation australia and this just fucking stabbed me in the heart he literally said while he was standing there he noticed that there was a patch of grass that still had blood on it and that all he wanted to do was to take that grass and like put it in his pocket and bring it home because it was like the last piece of his daughter he had. Yeah. So. Yeah. Don't like that. These five fucking assholes. All because of like what? Nothing. Literally because they were bored. Like they just fucking decided. They were like, eh, let's go do this. Like that was like a good night for them. Like, you human fucking garbage you're a garbage pile you don't even deserve to be called human honestly no you're a garbage you pile. monstrous garbage pile like <sighs> that just i'm sorry to everyone sick. that sat through this episode i me i'm like i'm literally like fuck you yeah fuck you yeah <laughs> it's 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 sad it's a very very sad and i just i am just happy to at least be able to say anita Kabi got justice she deserved it. She deserved it. She didn't do, like that whole thing was just so fucked. Like, who the fuck thinks of that shit? Like, oh. like, oh, what? The five of us are just gonna go rape somebody tonight. Yeah. I don't have enough money for drugs. So I'm gonna go rape someone. Yep. What a piece of shit. And they're all just as fucking guilty. Oh, exactly. That, that whole thing where it's like, oh, well, he's the one who fucking, he's the one who pulled, he, like, he's the one who did it. He's technically the one that held the knife. He's the like, one who no. held the knife. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You were all there. You all participated. You all knew that that was what he was going to do. Exactly. Like, it came down to the point where you were literally deciding whether somebody would live or die. And somebody said, she needs to die, and you did not protest. And you didn't do anything. You're lucky I didn't decide you need to die, bitch. <laughs> the whole community did. They're Honestly. fucking putting, like, nooses outside. Oops. They there wanted they wanted the death penalty reinstated for this case. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, I mean, 
Sometimes I teeter-totter. I teeter-totter with the death penalty. Sometimes part of me is like, you killed somebody senselessly. You deserve to die senselessly. Hmm. Like, fuck you. And then part of me is like, no, let them spend their days fucking in, in prison contemplating what fucking got them there for the rest of their life until they die a hopefully horrible death but who knows like cancer gets us all maybe eventually like cancer or dementia like (laughs) like part of the part of me teeter-totters part of me teeter-totters i don't really know i don't really know like part of me is like fuck you yeah you should die but part of me is like i don't know I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. They all are going to die in prison. I but like Jesus Christ. It's one thing and I'm going to credit. I'm going to credit Morbid Podcast right now because it's one thing that I highly agree with. One of their um, their host talks about Elena. Elena. And she frequently mentions that she has a very odd stance on the death penalty. It's it's a gray area. Yeah. She calls it a gray area. Where there's some cases where, you're like this, where to me personally, I would have been like, these fuckers deserve the death penalty. They don't deserve to live. What the fuck? Like, the level of violence, this the level of like, to, like sadistic. To them, this was a f- quote, fun night out. Like, fuck these guys. They had no remorse. They were fucking. They were piles of garbage. They deserve to be dead. They don't deserve an existence anymore. But there's certain cases where I I think people are better off rotting behind bars. Yeah, it's it's a back and forth for me. I it's yeah. just kind of how I feel. On honestly, I think for America, it's I mean I don't know how stuff like that the death penalty works in Australia. I don't. Know. I don't either. I don't know the rules. But like the laws. in America, you can sit on death row for years. Most until people, you die. I say a lot of people just die on death on row. On death row, and to me, that's ridiculous. Well, At that point, just make them be like, just make them be well, till like it, life in prison without it, parole. Exactly, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, everybody's like, oh, he got the death sentence, and it's like, okay, great, he's gonna sit on the cushy death row, which Where people have said is significantly better cushy. than just rotting in prison. It's nice and cushy. You sit there until basically the day you fucking die. Until the day they're like, oh, here's your last meal. They only put through fucking ten, like 10 executions every fucking year. And it's like, those are my tax dollars. If you're going to have a death penalty, fucking enforce it. Don't do like, don't be like, uh, don't be half ass about it. Don't, don't just give somebody a cushy cell and treat them well. If they did something terrible enough to earn the fucking death penalty. Then that should be that. They should be living in squalor. I don't give two fucking shits. At that point, you've lost your human rights to me. If you've done something that bad. That bad. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Elena says it. Says it really well. It's a great area. I don't. I don't agree with it, but I don't necessarily disagree. I think it really depends on the situation. It does. It's but it's, I mean, and like I said, in America, it's all fucked up because like here's Carrie Stainer, who committed like what four murders mm-hmm. and did them in cold blood and like murdered a woman and her two children and mm-hmm. then this woman like randomly going like, and he's still on death row. Yep. Like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But mm-hmm. Australia is different than America, so I can't really judge. Yeah, so I wish, I wish I do wish I knew a little bit more. If any of our about, Australian listeners know a little bit more about the death penalty, please tell us yeah, over so there. We, we're really I was going to say write us in a message and just talk talk a little about a little. Excuse me, a little bit about the laws. Well, because obviously it's been abolished now, because he's they said they wanted it reinstated. Yeah, 
So like, what was it like? Or like, do you know what the laws were at the time? Like what, what was it? Is it by area? Because Australia is split up several areas into several different areas, which I'm sorry, I'm not going to even try and name. I don't want to offend anybody from Australia right now. I was really bad at geography. I failed it. Um, basically <laughs> but i know it's split up so it's like is it by i think it's like province aren't they provinces they're provinces yeah so it's like is it different by provinces there are death penalties in one but not the other yeah like tell really us know. we're interested to know because we don't know any like it's like it's like canada when we did all the canadian yeah law, was like, i was like i, I don't, don't know what this i had means. to i had to start googling laws and stuff because i was like i don't know canada i don't know anything about their law system yeah exactly so it's like i'm, I'm trying to report on something that i don't understand exactly <laughs> exactly so let us know if you know anything about that, because I'd be curious. I'd be curious, too. To just educate myself. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, that's that's the case of Anita, no- Anita Cobby, and I'm... I'm sorry. <sighs> I'm just sorry. I'm happy to keep her name alive and her spirit, and I'm happy these idiots got justice. They're not even idiots. They're not even anything. They're not even... Fuck them. They're garbage. The garbage. They are walking garbage piles. Garbage fire. <laughs> dumpster fires. Dumpster fires. You're a dumpster fire. You're yeah. not even a human. Dumpster fire. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Dumpster fire. Wow. So that, yeah. that got me good. Yeah, that's that's one of the harder ones. I I that got me started and normally I like to read through my sources, but this time I I like hopped through source to source and I was like, I from what I'm seeing, I think I want to hear a documentary. I want it laid out in front of me mm. because I'm normally, like I said earlier, I'm normally the person that presents like, here's, here's the victim. Here's the case. And I'm going to tell you how it was solved at the end. Oh, and this guy was the one that did it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, but this time I, I like after hearing everything, I immediately was like, you need nah, to know who did this. You need to know the fuckers that were dragged through the mud. Like these fuckers are the ones that deserve to die like these are the assholes that committed this terrible thing you you should know from the start that this was solved because and that they're they're away if this, if this wasn't solved i don't think i could have covered it if oh this my was God. if this went unsolved i think i would have just been fucking broken i mean i'm already broken but you know that's a different story <laughs> anyway oh god oh i'm sad now my poor my poor eyes they can't cry any more tears <laughs> Well, Macy, <laughs> would you like to tell our listeners at least where they can find us for maybe yeah, some less wanna, sad content? Yeah, yeah. Um, Major Bummer won't be involved in any of this content. <laughs> and I still want to make a maybe, shirt of him. Maybe the news stories. but <laughs> Yeah, the news stories are a little sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been doing the, you Normally you do those, and I've been doing them lately, and I'm like, ah. There's nothing <laughs> like researching depressing things in the middle of the day. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we are on patreon that's patreon.com slash buzzkillers podcast we are cheap dates there is a one dollar and two dollar tier um you for the most part get the same things but if you are a two dollar patron because we call our patreons the patrons um you get a handwritten card by the two of us and some buzzkiller stickers that you can't get anywhere else that only we have. So um, if you'd like that, go ahead and subscribe to that. It's a monthly subscription service. Um, it helps us to better this podcast. Equipment, um, 
I've already talked to my family about getting me a cricket this year for my 30th birthday. So merch is on the way, friends. I am going to buy supplies for that. Merch is on the way, friends. And just, I just have to have the supplies to be able to do it. I'm literally going to just be like, what do I need for this? Knock, I'm knock. Buy it. Ding Come. dong. How do I help you? Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> How do I use your cricket? <laughs> uh, no, and like literally, I'm so excited about all of this because... I can make things for you, but I can also make things for myself. So oh my any shirt that I want to make, I can. Um, we are also all over social media. We are on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and TikTok. Yes. As Buzzkillers Podcast. Buzzkillers Podcast. We are on Twitter as Buzzkillers Pod. Buzzkillers Pod. We are also on YouTube. Things have kind of slipped. Ki- kind of. Kind I of. I can't talk. Kind of. Slow down on YouTube a little bit. We're working on getting our audio all fixed. We're going to upload everything. Um, hopefully this summer with audio that is a little louder than it was. Again, that's as loud as it goes after that. <laughs> we're noobs. We were noobs. We, we had don't know no anything. idea what the hell we were doing. Um, we were like, this sounds great. And everybody's like, we can't. What? You, we can't so hear you. Quiet. And we're like, oh, okay. Ha. Sorry. Um, but that is uh, YouTube.com slash Buzzkillers Podcast. No. We Isn't don't have it? a URL yet. Oh. We're Shit. Just, you got to search for us. You got to search we for wanna us. We want to be YouTube.com slash Buzzkillers Podcast. <laughs> wow. I wish. That's my Guys, wish. Guys, go over there and hit that subscribe button Thank and we you. can make Macy's wish come true. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Please make it happen for my 30th birthday. That would be the greatest. <gasps> that would be um, amazing. We have till November. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. That's uh, YouTube.com. Um, and if you go into your handy dandy search bar, just type in Buzzkillers colon a true crime podcast and you'll find us. But hopefully eventually we become YouTube.com slash Buzzkillers podcast. Um, you can also find us anywhere you stream your podcast. I hope if you are uh, listening to us already. <laughs> but to be more specific, we are on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music slash Audible, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and our host Platyba- Platypus. Platyby. Platyby. <laughs> and our host Platypus Platamine. I can't talk. Wow. Subtle. Subtle tay. Subtle rosé. Every time, every time I get drunk, I'm just gonna go subtle rosé. I love that. That's you. You sang that. That's I know. I want a shirt you. that says subtle rosé. Does anyone else want a subtle rosé shirt? Tell me. Does anybody else want a want a kill a a major bummers t-shirt? Tell me about that. Cause I got a cricket. I want a shirt that says I had a grot Tim with Buzzkillers podcast drinking my subtle rosé. That's too much. Nah. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> I had a grot Tim with Buzzkiller's podcast. Anyway, um, you can also find us on our website. That's www.buzzkillerspodcast.com. Uh, on that website, you can find a little description about the two of us. You can find all of the... Are you whipping your hair back and forth? Maybe. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, you can also... Uh, um you can also listen there you can find all the wines we drink which is fun and you can also send us a handy dandy contact message if you go to our contact page you can send us a message anything you want um topic recommendations for the month uh case recommendations we usually do uh once a year or a couple times a year we do um listener recommendations uh 
information that we didn't cover that you want us to know that you know and that we don't know because sometimes you know like today australian law yeah i don't know anything about australian law so tell me um love constructive criticism anything we would love to hear from you um or you can email us at buzzkillerspodcast at gmail.com we're also podcast at gmail.com you didn't do that the whole time i know no i did it for the, I did it for the social media the first one <laughs> They won't know. Anyway, guys. (laughs) Wow. What a crazy ride Australian true crime has been, even without Catherine Knight in the backpack killer. There's okay. There's even more to do. There were so many that I came across that I went, this can't be a one part episode. No, 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 no. no. We have to plan for a two part episode, guys. The Snowtown murders, um The Backpack Murderer, Catherine Knight. The Night Caller, like I there were, I literally tried to start the night caller thinking I can do this. Oh, that'll be great. Okay. I had so many sources within the first like ten minutes. I went, this case might be bigger than I think, and I like <laughs> finally found the Murderpedia and was like, I'm I gotta save this one. I can't do can't this one right now. This is later. way too big. But there will be another crime down under episode and down under down under. And we'll cover some, because th- there's also that girl that was down like the laundry chute. Do you remember that? Yes. From Mo- Morbid. I still really want to cover the the lady that skinned her husband. That's Catherine Knight. Oh, that is Catherine. Okay. But then if you do her, I'll do the backpack killer. Oh, okay. So that's perfect. That's two parters. Yay. Yay. We figured it out for next time. Woo. Woohoo. Who knows when that will be? Yeah. We got a lot of ideas. <laughs> but that's not next month. <laughs> anyway guys we love you so much thank you for listening to us uh thank you for getting us to like twelve thousand downloads we're over that now at this I point say we're way over that now we're like two twelve twenty twelve wow i can't talk oh wine 12.2k big fucking number is what it is big fucking number <laughs> big fucking number we never thought we'd see and and we appreciate we're you. yeah we appreciate you so much just and like we appreciate justin's face yeah and victoria's eatables we love you guys so much. You're amazing. You're amazing patrons and we just appreciate all of you and listen and that you listen and that you think that we're cool and any anything because we just love you so much. But we'll be back next week with a new topic. Yeah. If you're patrons, stick around. Sign up because you'll get that. Topic you'll get that early. topic early and you'll also get a Nicole <gasps> mini listener, not listener mini. I don't know where this <laughs> I was like, it came out of my mouth and I went, my brain went, that's not right. (laughs) You're going to get a mini from Nicole Patrons this month. Um, So anyway, we hope you had a grot Tim. Not a grot Tim because it wasn't a grot Tim. But as grot of a Tim as you could have. I hope you had a grot Tim with bus killers. (laughs) I had a grot Tim while I was chicken grit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We love you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by BK Creations, LLC. Darkcast Network is where you will find 20 wonderful shows that will blow your mind. We've got Fruit Loops, A Little Wicked, and Cause of Death. Murder Murder News and Gone But Never Forgotten will take your breath. Book of Lies, Autumn's Oddities, Crime Time Nerds are sure to inspire. Freaky AF, California, and Reverie True Crime will be what you desire. And then they were gone. ODFM, 
October Pod VHS, Curly Conspiracies, Thrice Cursed, and The Jury Room will pass the test. Beyond the Rainbow, Brew Crime, and Over the Fence. Subscribe and listen to all, of course. It makes perfect sense. <laughs>